Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Our WhatsApp number is 087 1400 Jonathan de Burke Butler joins us once again to bring us some stories from other parts of the world. Afternoon, Jonathan. Sean, how are you getting on? Uh, right, Venezuela. We're going to go too fast. And uh, a little bit of a thaw between relations between Venezuela and the US. Yeah, it's funny when the when the invasion took place, or special operation or whatever you want to call it, yes. happened into, into Ukraine. Um, I remember we, we had a brief chat, I think, off air and we were saying, I wonder what will happen now with Venezuela, given they have a lot of oil there. Mm. And uh, sure enough, it's taken a while, but, you know, the relations have been getting better uh, since that invasion has happened. There's no doubt about it. And you're hearing a little bit less about human rights abuses in Venezuela and, and the like. So anyway, last Tuesday, there was a deal struck between the government of Venezuela and the major opposition parties there in Barbados, okay? Mm. And it was a 12-point plan. And a part of the 12-point plan in, in proof, it includes promises to give all candidates access to public and private media to guarantee their free and safe movement throughout the country so that they can go and campaign and that registries would be would be looked at again in order to include the millions of people that have left Venezuela and now in Colombia or Central America so that they can vote in elections that are due to take place at the end of November. Now, what's that got to do with the United States? It's a lot to do with the United States because you'll remember back in 2018 when the last presidential election happened, Donald Trump didn't think they were free and fair and he decided, along with his cabinet and uh, whoever his advisors were at the time, to impose sanctions um, on oil exports and gas exports and gold exports from Venezuela and it crippled the economy. Uh, it was already going badly as it was, mm. uh, so they did, really didn't need it. So so this deal that was struck in Barbados on Tuesday has resulted in the US easing sanctions on Venezuela. The US Treasury Department has now authorised Venezuela to produce and export oil to its chosen markets for the next six months. So basically they're allowed to go back out to market for the first time since 2019 and sell their oil directly to customers. Right, OK, but not to Russia. Presumably not. Uh, Now Russia has its own oil. uh, No, but it's a good question because like Venezuela's oil, from from what I know anyway, is a certain type of crude that has to be mixed with other oils in order to make it, you know, work properly. And and, and I suppose also the the net effect on this is also on the countries around it because millions have left Venezuela. Oh, it's, uh, it's about seven million, if not more, at this stage, and and that's another reason, you know. So, so also, you know, the USA wants to see the economy going well, but it also wants to see people not leaving Venezuela anymore uh, because they are inevitably going to end up in the United States, and some of them have ended up in the United States. And of course, you know that they're having mm-hmm. big debates, shall we say, yeah. over immigration and and what should be done with uh, with the flow of people coming from South America into the United States. And the general reaction to this plan within Venezuela, has it been positive? The United States likes it, obviously. Well, the United States likes it. I mean, there is... You know, there's disagreements over it already, but there's there's bound to me. I mean, because yeah. so one of the sticking points was that the um, the document says that the registration for presidential candidates will be open to all candidates who meet the constitutional requirements. Now, those, mm. but it depends on when those constitutional requirements kick in. So the opposition are saying, okay, that's great. That means that it throws the door doors open for everybody. And the government are saying, well, there's a few people that we have banned from running Mm. and some of those include the top opposition candidates that we really don't want to see running. So 
you know, legally they're not allowed, they're banned already. So don't don't count on them running in next year's election. So there's going to be an argument about that, who yes. can run, who can't run. So you're already running into difficulties. Uh, right, New Zealand we're going to go to next where there's a bit of a row uh, involving the Chinese embassy and a load of rubbish. <laughs> the Chinese embassy and a load of rubbish and a man by the name of Chris Chandler, who is the head of Chandler Investments Limited, which is effectively a property company who had the misfortune in this case of renting out a Muse property to someone uh, who worked for the Chinese embassy. Now, the contract for the, uh, for the, for the lease or the rent ended in May of this year. And when they left the property, apparently they didn't clean it or get rid of the rubbish and they took the keys with them for whatever reason. So that meant that the um, landlord, Chris Chandler, had to pay uh, approximately 960 New Zealand dollars, which is about 530 euros for, quote, cleaning, rubbish removal and key cutting. And so he wasn't happy about that. So he took the case to the Tenancies Tribunal in Wellington and the tribunal adjudicator Rex Woodhouse concluded that the tribunal did not have jurisdiction over the case and he dismissed it because the embassy was protected by sovereign immunity, would you believe? Oh, wow. Uh, Now, a representative for Chris Chandler had argued, um, you know, that there, there were commercial exemptions to immunity. But Rex Woodhouse, the adjudicator in this case, basically said that he wasn't persuaded that the rental of a residential dwelling to an embassy would be commercial in nature. Mm. Now, how how he didn't think that, I don't know. But I presume it's because the place wasn't being used to sell stuff. Yeah. And it was a residence. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, uh, Chris Chandler, he seems to have taken it on the chin. He says, uh, I'll quote him if you don't mind, it was definitely a quirk that we didn't see coming. Uh, but uh, no more diplomats. Uh, and according to our property manager, that's the advice he gives to others in the same area as well. So they'll have to look elsewhere if they want to get a property for their diplomats. In OK, any uh, landlords listening or landladies listening that might be a, a, a lesson in that. Right, Vietnam, we're going to go to uh, next, where uh, a lingerie model has been arrested for basically doing what lingerie models do. Yeah, it's it's a woman by the name of Tran Thi Nhoc Trin. She's the 34-year-old. She won um, Miss Philippines, or, the, or sorry, Miss Vietnam uh, International Pageant in 2011, sorry. Uh, and she's been a lingerie model since the age of uh, 16. So she's very well known. She's like 6 million followers on Facebook, right? Okay. Uh, and very popular. And uh, she was arrested um, last week for disturbing social order after she posted photos of herself riding a motorcycle in what authorities called an unsafe manner. Uh, basically, they said <laughs> that the, uh, the, the street performance on a road in a, in a very sort of isolated place, it was in a business quarter and it looked like it was done on a sort of a Sunday mm. and she just went out with a, a male colleague of hers and they took photos of her riding on a, on a, on a motorbike. Right? Okay. But the authorities said that the danger uh, the actions were dangerous and the positions were objectionable, right? Uh, they, they described the positions as being lying down, kneeling on the seat, riding hands-free and placing both legs on one side of the vehicle. Now, they're basically saying that the videos that they subsequently posted and got a huge response to were bad examples, particularly for the youth of yeah. uh, Vietnam, who would, of course, all go out and try and do the same. Of course. Um, but a lot of people are saying that these are bogus charges, that they're trumped up. And in fact, one legal expert was even asked for his opinion on the charge and said that the charge of disturbing public order must apply to behaviour in a public 
physical space not on the internet and he pointed mm. out that it must affect other people such as causing traffic jams or affect the activities of or of agencies of the state um so it looks as if she's got into trouble for no more than you know pulling a few stunts here uh the uh, the, the photographs and I see the two that you that you put online don't yeah, look I put them Twitter, by, yeah. by uh, um by you know, I suppose Western standards aren't particularly racy or anything. I mean, that's that's not their agenda, is it? That she's just a model on a motorbike. It, it doesn't appear to be. I think the problem is the fact that the video went viral and it got half a million likes. It was shared six thousand times, and she also apparently didn't have a license, which she did admit to. But she says that she was practicing, you know, for the license and how to ride a bike and uh, and that kind of thing. So okay. they, it's just this whole thing of control and wanting to control what people do in Vietnam. That's yeah. really what it is. Uh, right. Canada, we're going to go to uh, next. Uh, a very vexed question in many parts of the world. Uh, uh, but they're going to introduce, or at least a part is going to introduce pr- uh, legislation surrounding the use of pronouns. Yeah. So this is the Provincial Assembly in Saskatchewan, right? Uh, they, um, on Monday, started debating a bill called Bill 137. And it basically outlines the rights that parents have as what they're calling the primary decision maker in their child's education. Okay. Okay. So to cut a long story short, uh, some of the more controversial aspects is the provision requiring parental consent before school staff use what the child might be as a desired gender identity or or a new name. Okay. Okay. So what they're saying is that anybody under 16 has to have the consent of their of their parents before they can go into school and have that applied okay. to them. All okay. right. Now, um, this comes up against the uh, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But that particular constitutional uh, element or whatever you want yeah. to call it, or that particular charter is actually protected in a way by the provinces by a notwithstanding clause, okay? And a notwithstanding clause basically means that a provincial assembly can put in place a law for five years, even if they know it goes against the rights of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, right? So they can say, okay, we know we're going against this law. We know that a constitutional case could be taken against this particular law, but we are pointing out where it falls down in that particular charter and they Mm. have to as part of the notwithstanding clause. But we're okay with that because we're allowed to do it in order to um, represent the people who have voted for us. It's allowed to stay in place. So this, if it passes, this bill will stay in place for five years. Okay, our aspects of this bill will stay in place for five years. And the people of Saskatchewan can decide if they don't like this aspect of the bill, they can get rid of the government and a new government can come in and they can repeal it. It's a very interesting thing yeah. that they have in Canadian Okay, law, that's, yeah. uh, that's very... In- now, and if they pass this law, does that mean if, say, a teacher in the school refuses to address a child by their preferred pronoun that, 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 that that's illegal? As long, presuming I, the child has parental consent to do it. I, I know where you're going, but I, yeah. I think... I, I don't think that's part of, of, of what they're discussing here at okay. all, Sean. all right. I think it's to do with the fact that it's... It, what it's doing is it's... The, the, the government that are putting proposing this, right are giving control over what pronouns can and can't be used by their child within school to the parents, yes. not to the child. Right. So yes. it's nothing okay. to do with the teacher relationship at this stage. Yeah. Not that I can see anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is there a degree of controversy about this? I assume there is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, kind of I mean, uh, I think 
the reason they did this uh, was because there was a court injunction issued on it earlier in the year. Um, I know that this is only the second place to do it, the second province to do it. New Brunswick are, are, are introducing a similar law as far as I know. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of controversy over it. As, as you can imagine, th- there always is over this topic. Yes, of course, yeah. Uh, right, uh, finally we're going to go to uh, kind of France, Spain. Uh, this is a real tragedy and uh, we want to warn people in advance of this story because you might end up in tears. Yeah, so abs- absolutely. Tell, it, tell us what happened. Yeah, it, it basically is the, the news that hundreds of crates of cava have been smashed and gallons, thousands of gallons of rosé have been dumped by French wine growers. Uh, about 500 of them attacked uh, lorries at the border town of Boulou. Uh, and destroyed the contents uh, in what they have now described as an economic war. So these were these were vintners, uh, obviously in France, who aren't happy about the fact that Spanish wine is coming over into France and it's been sold at rock bottom prices. So this is the uh, this is what they've decided to do. The measures they've decided to take. So um, Frederick Rouanet, who's the wine growers' union president for this particular region, said is 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 that starting from today. We are going to remove the possibility of buyers being able to get cheap wines from elsewhere. We are going to stop Spanish imports. So they're calling it themselves an economic war. And they're also deciding to sell or sorry, to send letters to wine buyers in France to plead with them to stop buying imports uh, from elsewhere. Yeah. Now, it's the European Union, so Mm. they can't prevent those imports and they can't bring any uh, uh, protectionist measures. Um, Why is it so much cheaper in Spain, I wonder? I don't know. They, yeah. they, 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 I'll quote them if you don't mind. Yeah, right? And they're yeah. giving the reason. So, the, so they, the one 79-year-old wine, wine grower called Antoine says, says the Spanish have lower charges and the right to put all the chemicals they want on their, on their vines while we have the right to nothing. <laughs> as a result, Spanish wine costs half as much as French wine. A hectolitre of Spanish wine costs 40 euros, whereas it is also almost 80 euros over here. Right, okay. Maybe due to, uh, due to uh, regulations, but uh, oh gosh, let's hope a wine war uh, doesn't start. That's the last thing we need. That's John, the last thing we need. Uh, so what uh, should we look out for over the next week or so? Yeah, October 25th is uh, tomorrow, actually. It's one year ago to, uh, tomorrow since Rishi Sunak was appointed Prime Minister and, and he's going to celebrate by f- facing Keir Starmer at uh, the first PMQ since those two by-elections that were resoundingly lost by the Conservatives. You, you can't hear the joy in my voice. I can't. No, I can't. I mean, how, sorry, how, how Britain sorry, has transformed be, I, in I that should time. Be objective. Yes. <laughs> I should be objective. Uh, October 25th, then the same day, Lonely Planet uh, will issue its best in travel report. Um, so hopefully we'll get a few towns and cities in, on that particular list. And then uh, at the end of the week, summertime ends on October 29th. So... Uh, You'll have to put your clocks back or forward. or or, Yeah, anyway. Change them. The nights will get dark. Anyway, that's the main gist of it. Jonathan, thanks Thanks a million. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Energlaze. On News Talk.